Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Dolphins and welcome into the Wednesday, June the 5th edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, a busy day of practice is in the books. We'll get you caught up on all the on-field action, including the return of Rashad Jones, what he and Coach Flores had to say in their media availability, and we'll close up this Wednesday show with me telling you some rule changes I want to see implemented in the National Football League. All of that and a whole lot more, but first... Before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. We're getting close to 9,000 followers. I want to get 10,000 by the time the season starts. So get on that. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We had the press conference. We had the practice report. We had breakout candidates. Tons of content for you guys every single day up on the website. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. I've got a lot of stuff I want to get to. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. And before we do get into the lead story, the Dolphins announced a roster move on Tuesday afternoon, waiving undrafted rookie cornerback Tyler Horton, the cornerback from Boise State. This brings the roster down to 90 total players, but remember, the Dolphins have that roster exemption with Derval Neto, the Brazilian international pathway player on the roster. He can give them an 11th practice squad member, so Miami has some flexibility and can add someone to the 90-man roster if they so choose to do so. That gives them 40 on offense, 45 on defense, and 5 on special teams. So Tyler Horton, undrafted rookie, doesn't make it past the round of mini camps here in the month of June. Let's talk about the lead story, the thing everybody's talking about on this Tuesday. Rashad Jones was back in the building, back at the facility, back on the practice field, and he talked to the media after the practice and divulged some of the details behind why he wasn't there and what he thought about himself not being there and the reaction that caused among fans and reporters alike. He said the reason he was away from the field, and we talked about this before, Rashad Butler, the host of 560 and 710 down there in South Florida, one of the co-hosts of the radio personalities down there in South Florida, had mentioned that he thinks that Rashad stays away because of the shoulder issue, and that's what Rashad Jones said. He's not fully rehabbed yet, so he's working back to get to full strength before he gets on the practice field, but he did think it was important to get out here for mandatory, and he said that voluntary means voluntary. He is the best, one of the best safeties in the league and doesn't have to prove anything to anybody, and he's also spending this time to get caught up with his teammates And I know there's going to be a bunch of people that will disagree with this assessment because fans do tend to defend certain players regardless of what they do. It's an unconditional thing. I understand that. But I just don't agree with his reasoning outside of the scope of that shoulder rehab. I referred to Peyton Manning and his episode of Move the Sticks a couple weeks ago as Daniel Jeremiah, the host of Move the Sticks, traveled around talking to former players with Peyton Manning and people in leadership positions. And he said one of the common themes across great teams, 
like the Ravens championship defense of 2000 or those memorable Colts offenses throughout the course of the late 90s and into the 2000s decade, the best thing they had was the fact that Ray Lewis and Peyton Manning practiced harder than anybody else on the team. They set that example for those historic units and Peyton took it a step further. There was a great story in that podcast about him working out at a summer camp and how other quarterbacks were kind of going through the motions, lackadaisical, but Peyton was going full speed and executing his fakes, his handoffs, Every single detail matters, and I think that's the message that Brian Flores is portraying here. And to me, that stuff matters tenfold when you have a new coaching staff who is attempting to establish a new mindset and a new culture. It's the same thing as running a business. Bad habits are hard to break, and good habits are difficult to establish. Jones being there, to me, would have sent a better message to the rest of the 90 guys on this roster. But again, I understand the shoulder issue and I am fully on board with him getting back to full speed because truthfully, with the shoulder being an issue each of the last two years, he has not been the same player. Still a good player, but not elite like he was in 2015 and the beginning of 2016 before he did hurt that shoulder the first time. And maybe this is all a ploy just to get his trade value where they want it from the Dolphins' perspective. I'm not sure, and someone mentioned this on Twitter, we just can't know. That information's not available to us. It's behind closed doors, as it should be. And we'll hear Brian Flores talk about something else behind closed doors in the second segment here coming up on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, as we get to his press conference. So I'm working off these facts here on Rashad Jones and filling in the gaps with my own assumptions, with my own opinions. You can take them for their value. You can throw them away. That's entirely up to you. But that is the business that I'm in. As far as his on-field play, we know what he can do. I posted some clips from his work last year on Twitter on Tuesday, and the truth remains that he's an exceptional tackler. He's terrific working in traffic at the line of scrimmage, coming off those weak side C-gaps and even strong side C-gaps. He's got an outstanding trigger as a run defender. He sees it, he diagnoses it, and he closes ground very, very quickly when he's working downhill. I do still worry about his coverage skills and angles on the back end, but the best part about Brian Flores and company being here over Matt Burke and even over Vance Joseph to an extent back in 2016, Rashad Jones is not going to be asked to do that stuff. He's not going to play single high center field safety. He's not going to be taking angles and covering from that position like he was in the past. And that's basically where the entirety of his weaknesses lie. And Burke did absolutely nothing to mitigate those weaknesses. And Flores will do everything to make sure that does not happen again. And speaking of Brian Flores, he spoke to the media on Tuesday as well. We're going to come back and talk about that as well as Tuesday's practice. But first, a word here from Blue Chew. Guys, listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue, not red. Blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, OTAs, training camp, pregame, postgame, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Blue Chew is made in the USA, and since it prepares and ships direct, Blue Chew is cheaper than a pharmacy. 
Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB Major League Baseball. That's promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping again. B L U E chew.com, promo code MLB to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. I don't know if it's just me or if maybe Coach was tired back in the original introductory press conferences, but I am really enjoying me some Brian Flores media availabilities. He spoke again on Tuesday for another 15 minutes. He's starting to get a little more comfortable, a little bit more salty, I guess is the word. I don't think that he's being, he's angering anybody, but he's definitely barking back a little bit at some of the dumber questions he gets asked, as is going to happen in any media room across the country, across the league. But he talked at first, of course, about Rashad Jones. And his initial comment was that Rashad looks like he's in really good shape. Coach is looking forward to getting him involved with the communication and the terminology. Somebody then asked about him earning the spot and the no sacred cows comment. And he said, Brian Flores did, that that wasn't part of the conversation with Rashad. It was about learning the playbook, working on his fundamentals and technique. It's the same conversation he has with every single player. I'm looking forward to working with him, Coach Flores said. And then again, they continue to go on about Jones's role on the team. And Coach said that could go a few different ways. He could play different roles, a lot of roles for us. That's really up to him like it is for every player. I tell them all this. Your role on this team is up to you and the way you work and the way you prepare. And that's the case for everybody. They're going to practice, they're going to prepare, and they're going to perform. And those are how the Dolphins are going to evaluate players based upon those three things. Then Omar Kelly comes back and asks a question. Omar of the Sun Sentinel there in South Florida asked a question about developing chemistry with TJ McDonald and Minka Fitzpatrick at the safety spot. And that was where I think coach kind of let his feeling be known on this entire issue. He mentioned the importance of communication between the safeties and the linebackers, between the safeties and the cornerbacks, and how they need to be able to call out personnel and formations because on any given play, there's 100 things that could happen. So we need to be prepared for all of those things. That's what we've been working on since April 1st. I think that was kind of the stick in the craw there in terms of telling Rashad that he should have been here. He understands why he wasn't, but he should have been here. And he talked more about Rashad Jones's impact on Bobby McCain. He said that basically they intend to cross-train a lot of people on this team. Remember the whole, the more you can do mantra? That originated in New England under Bill Belichick when Brian Flores was there. And that's going to happen here in Miami with the secondary on the offensive line. Pretty much anywhere across this roster, you're going to see guys cross-trained under this new coaching staff. Joe Shad then asked about Rashad Jones taking himself out of the Jets game and not re-entering. And Flores said, we're focusing on right now, not on last year or even yesterday. Everything is about today. One of those nothing answers that he tends to give you at times. And then they finally got off the topic of Rashad Jones and asked what he has in Devon Godshaw, Vincent Taylor, and Christian Wilkins. And coach basically only responded about the rookie defensive tackle, the first round pick out of Clemson. He said, Christian is a rookie and has a long way to go, but he works hard every day. 
At that position, we don't really know what we have until we put the pads on. We aren't going to win any awards right now. I loved hearing that last little comment, basically saying, don't ask me about guys in the trenches because we know as about as much as you do. And like I talked about on yesterday's podcast, it's all about evaluating the technique, the fundamentals, and getting the assignments right. And then speaking of that column up on LockedOnDolphins.com, as well as the podcast from yesterday, somebody asked, what do you want to see from Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick? And he said verbatim what I said on the column and the podcast, improvement from week to week, and then the leadership getting us lined up. If someone doesn't know where to go, the role of the quarterback is to get him lined up. They want to see fire. They want to see energy getting in and out of the huddle, a crisp operation. It's been solid so far. It can always be better, but we're going to stress these things on the quarterback's ball security fundamentals. You guys keep asking these questions. You're going to keep getting the same answer. That's where the salt came in, but then it got even better on the next question. And I want to play this audio for you guys. And I think it was Kim Bo Camper who asked this of Coach Flores about the keys to defending running back Kenyon Drake. I'm not going to give you the keys to defending him. I'll tell you that right now. You're not getting that from me. And you want me to just hand it over? He's athletic. He's explosive. He's fast. Um, he's a good route runner. He does a lot of good things. Um, how you defend him? You know, somebody. We'll let we'll let the opponent figure that out. Um, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to defend him. You know, and as we sit here today, you know, we don't know where he's going to align. I think Chad's done a good job. Chad, Jerry, Jim, you know, Eric. They all do a really good job of coming up ways to coming up with ways. Excuse me to 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 put our our players in best positions to do what they do well. So I mean, he says the right things. I think we've known that for some time now. It's going to become or we're going to find out how accurate that is when it comes to Sundays. But I do like the fact that he's not going to divulge any of his plans with the offense. And speaking of that, Omar Kelly then comes back and asks him, what is your vision for Albert Wilson? And he says, look, it's hard to say, again, someone who is in the moment like I am, the plan for Albert right now is to do everything he can to do or he can to get back onto the field, which he is doing. He's working extremely hard. And this to me, with Albert not being out there right now, I know he has about a month and a half, two months to get himself ready for training camp of the last week in July. But given the status of him right now, where he was without taking the surgery this offseason, and some of those videos of him walking around on a cane, being able to only squat 135 pounds, I think there's a great shot that he starts the season on PUP. I'm almost certain he'll start the training camp portion on PUP. Now, they could activate him there and maybe work him into a role on this team going forward. But I just, right now, I think if he was out there and practicing, that would give me more confidence that he will be out there for training camp and for opening day. But I think he's a really good candidate to start the season on PUP. And that right there might be the thing that opens the door for someone like Preston Williams to get more reps and get more action on Sundays if he is, in fact, able to make this team. And we'll go ahead and put a bow here on the Brian Flores press conference as they did in South Florida today on Tuesday, I should say. Talking about Finn's weekend, we talked about it on yesterday's podcast. Brian Flores' commitment to the community and giving back and being in a position to serve. And he had a comment that got the entire room laughing. And it wasn't one of those like generic fake laughs you get from reporters who are just so eager to give the coach or the player at the podium a quick laugh. They asked him if he would go fishing again after the weekend. And here was his response. Fish again? Uh, you know, uh, 
quite honestly. No, it's not a no, but it's a no. You know. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather watch film. I'd rather watch film. I'd rather, you know, draw up a couple plays offensively, defensively, or in the kicking game. I love that answer. He'd rather watch film because, Coach, I'm right there with you. Never been a fisher in my life, but I do like watching me some film and drawing up some plays in offense, in defense, but probably not in the kicking game. But he is the head coach, so he oversees all of that. I'm glad to hear that he is interested in all three phases of the game. Let's go ahead and change gears here and get you guys some practice updates from what we saw on the field on Tuesday as Miami had their first official mandatory OTA practice, the number 10 practice of the offseason program, and they'll have number 11 and number 12 today and tomorrow, and they'll wrap things up and go away for about two months before training camp comes back at the end of July. Pretty much all of the beat writers were praising Ryan Fitzpatrick's work, and that should come as no surprise given his experience in the league. He's 36 years old, and you go back to the film study piece, the free agent analysis up on LockedOnDolphins.com, Ryan Fitzpatrick wins with his cerebral approach and his mental aptitude for the game and moving the defense and putting the ball in position with anticipation where the defense can't get to it. That, of course, leads to some misreads at times and leads to some big plays going the other direction. But that's who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. That's how he survived in this league because, like we talked about previously, he's not one of those guys with amazing physical traits that are going to wow you and put things over the top. He has to win between the ears, and that's pretty much what he does. Okay, we're going to come back on the other side of this podcast and get to the rest of the practice updates. And I'm going to tell you three rules I want to see changed in the National Football League. But real quick, before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Untuck It. Thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're out there looking for a great Father's Day gift idea, Untuck It shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable whether you're at work or on the weekend, in the cubicle or at happy hour. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. I wear, I think I have three of their shirts right now. Go to untuckit.com, promo code MBA to get 20% off. That's National Basketball Association. Untuckit.com, promo code MBA for 20% off your order. Quarterbacks always get the headlines pretty much across the scope of the football universe, especially in the NFL, especially at these practices, and especially with a team like Miami, who has a quarterback competition. But we know all too well that the rest of the offense and the rest of this team needs to perform at a higher level than it has in the past. And we start here with some of the pass catchers that had nice days on Tuesday, the first session of this week's OTA practices. And we start with Mike Kosicki, who was looking good in red zone drills, pulling down touchdown catches. And there was one play in particular that was reported where he looked very impressive pulling up or pulling down a high ball for a touchdown on a pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that is going to be something I think they're going to empower him to do more of this season, working across the red zone, working back in the end zone, that type of thing, and making him into a touchdown scorer like he was in practice on Tuesday. Also, another guy who's been disappointing a little bit, although for a lot longer, Devontae Parker continues to have a nice offseason as he reportedly smoked Eric Rowe for a touchdown catch on a go pattern. And I would love to see some more of that, having him work vertically because 
You'll recall his 2017 preseason and how impressive he was that summer, that Eagles game where he just went off with Jay Cutler. Then he comes back and does it on opening day against the Chargers. Well, I guess week two since the first game was you know canceled from the hurricane, but he looked so good early on. And man, if they get that Devontae Parker somehow, what a boon that would be to the offense. Jalen Davis, the slot cornerback, picked off Josh Rosen in the red zone and took it for six the other direction. The slot cornerback position on this team is the deepest position on this team. And I just love Jalen Davis's game, the competitiveness, the fire, the willingness to get in there and make a tackle. He had that forced fumble and the sack and a PBU last year in that Jacksonville game. That kid can play, man. Another guy that's kind of unheralded, undrafted free agent, Trent Irwin, has been getting some run for Kenny Stills, who was not there at practice, and making the most of his opportunity. You wonder if he might have a shot, given his penchant, for being in the right place at the right time. You would assume that he's smart, given his Stanford education. And without knowing a lot about his game, I know he didn't win with a lot of physical traits that wow you because his measurables are not there. So he had to win somehow. And I assume that came through crisp technique and intelligence. And wouldn't it just be something if he was the UDFA that wound up making the roster over the guy that everybody else is talking about? And that is, of course, the undrafted free agent from Colorado State, Preston Williams, who once again was eating up the third team in practice. That's to be expected at this point. So not to take anything away from Preston Williams, he just continues checking boxes like we talked about on yesterday's show. And how about the starting unit and the top tier players on this roster? We haven't talked a lot about any of those guys, but apparently Xavier Howard is back to his soul-stealing ways, and that's really nice to hear coming off of the contract extension. It sounds like he's having fun. He picked off a pass and took it the other direction and put his finger up in the air, so that's fun to hear about him having a good time and being happy with his new contract in the future with this Miami Dolphins football team being led by Xavier Howard for the long term. And I hate reporting on the trenches during these practices, but we have to go back to something Omar Kelly said, that Jordan Mills had a really, really rough day. He needs the physical aspect of his game to have any effectiveness, so it's tough to judge because of the fact they're not wearing pads. You go back to my free agent analysis write-up on Jordan Mills last month, He's not a swift mover by any stretch. So if he's going to have to beat guys with speed, it's just not going to happen. He's going to get embarrassed and ran over a lot. So it could be a rough camp for Jordan Mills the rest of this week. Last couple of notes here. Bryce Butler left practice early with a lower leg issue. A big opportunity for guys like Preston Williams, like Trent Irwin, like Reese Horn and Isaiah Ford. And Adam Beasley summed up the day by saying this in one word, sloppy. It was wet, it was stormy, and apparently not a sharp day for the Miami Dolphins. And we have a little bit more time here, so I will go ahead and squeeze this last segment in. I'll do it quick, though. Some rule changes I want to see implemented in the National Football League. It seems like every time this time of year, we have to talk about potential rule changes. If something happens in a playoff game, it's going to be liable to be on the ledger for changes in the upcoming offseason. And that's where we are. I already feel like we should have expanded replay, but I won't get into the details of that because it's so convoluted and there's so many aspects that go into it. But I have three things I think they could change right now and it would be a lot better for the league and probably just the game in general. We'll start off here with a pass interference. I think that college does it wrong. I think the NFL does it wrong. I want to marry those two ideas together and have major and minor pass interference, kind of like the old face mask rule used to be the five and the 15 yard variety. If it's an incidental contact situation, don't make it a spot foul. Give them a five yard penalty. And also if the play does not extend beyond the first down marker, 
Don't give them an automatic first down. Why do they get a first down on third and 15 for a pass interference that occurred two yards down the field? That makes no sense to me. The other end of that, give them a major aspect of pass interference. That is the blatant tackle, the blatant contact downfield that prevents a big play. That one can be a spot a spot foul. So major and minor pass interference. Number two, I think everybody agrees with this one. Fumbling out of the end zone should not be a turnover because the defense didn't recover the football. Maybe give the ball back to the offense on the 20-yard line and have them have to go back in that way. Make it punishable, but don't take the ball away. As Rich Eisen said, one of these years, it's going to happen in the Super Bowl and everybody's going to be upset when it does happen. So let's go ahead and get out in front of that and change that rule to take it away from being a turnover. Make the, the defense recover the fumble if they're going to get possession. And number three, just get rid of all marijuana testing. Put marijuana in the place of opioids. We have several player accounts who mentioned the CBD oil stuff tends to do much more for them with recovery and the ability to get back on the practice field and pain medication than opioids do. Just make marijuana legal across the league and make it league sanctioned so they don't have to worry about legality issues. And yeah, of course, too much marijuana smoking like anything else in the world is going to be a bad thing, but these players could use it especially in place of opioids. There's probably 20 more of these I could go into, and maybe we'll do a deeper dive into that topic this summer, but we are out of time for today's podcast. But I want to remind you guys about Grip6 belts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Grip6, ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap, and a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip6. They have a special offer for you guys at grip6.com slash lock. That's L-O-C-K-E, the promo code grip6.com slash lock. Also, the new Himalaya podcast app is free and super easy to use and has every single podcast you could ever want to find or podcast that you love, like this one, the Locked on Dolphins podcast, which reminds me to tell you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked on Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at Linkful NFL. Follow the show at Locked on Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. I've got softball tonight. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of OTA practices and updates of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.